in January 1971 in Brett, Iowa. I go over to my office that day intending to spend a relaxed day reading because a winter blizzard is coming in. And unless you've got livestock to feed, no one in their right senses is going out. <laughs> then my telephone rings. Goodbye, right senses. Janelle. Uh, Reverend Dell, this is uh, this is Ben Brown. Uh, I just carried Harry Schrader into the house, and uh, he was out. He was out shoveling snow off his back yard, and I saw him. Uh, I, I saw him fall, and uh, I don't know if he's dead or alive. Can you come help? I'll be right there. Harry was an 80-year-old member of my parish. I jumped in my boots, pulled out my parka, and ran the three three blocks to Harry's house. Harry was laying on the kitchen floor. He wasn't breathing. I checked for uh, a pulse, couldn't find one. I called the nearest doctor in a town 12 miles to the south. Oh, he said, there's no way I can get there. Take a flashlight and shine it in his eyes. If they don't dial it, you don't find it back. So I did that. There was no response. Now Laura, Harry's wife, was a small, frail woman. I put my arm around her shoulder and I said a prayer. Thank you, God, for Harry's long and good life. Grant to him your blessing and your mercy. And grant to all of us your sustaining strength. That was more for me than it was for them. <laughs> Amen. Laura looks up at me and asks, Reverend Jim, would you, would you see to it that Harry gets to a funeral home today? Laura? I'll do everything that's possible, I promise. But you see, that's the problem. What was possible? So, I called the uh, nearest uh, funeral home, and um, Tuffy Shepherd was the funeral director, but Tuffy um, wasn't so tough against the Iowa Blizzard. Oh, Jim, he said, there's no way I can come get him. If you want to bring him in, that would be fine, but otherwise, <laughs> keep him cool, but don't let him freeze. <laughs> right. Thanks, Tuffy. <laughs> I couldn't leave him laying there on the kitchen floor, so I decided to call the DOT. Can you come and open the road for us from North Springs? They turned me down. I decided to call. Uh, Jim Krauts. Jim was the mayor and the fire chief of Red. <laughs> Red has one truck with a blade and one greater. They'll open the road to North Springs for me. At 12 noon, the uh, firemen came and they secured Harry to a stretcher. I ran home and got my uh, station wagon. Harry became my passenger. And we plowed forward into the storm. Now, about a mile out of Rudd, uh, Highway 18 is a small dip for a little river. And um, the, the truck driver said, you stay here while we go down and do it, and we'll be back. So they went down to clean it out. I waited. And I waited. <laughs> At 3 o'clock, I could see them coming back through the whiteout. I rolled my window down. 
They shouted. It's impossible! The, the blizzard is blowing in snow faster than we can shovel it out! Rats! <laughs> now what I do, I, per I whirl my car around and headed back to my Desperately, I looked at my friend Bob Hoover. He owned the local hat street there. Bob, I said, uh, do you have a place I can park my car? Uh, and and it's controlled the temperature? <laughs> I explained to him my situation to keep him cool, but don't let him freeze. <laughs> yeah, he said. Uh, we have an insulated garage with a thermostat. Hallelujah! <laughs> I could walk six blocks home. As I left the uh, hatchery, I walked across the street to the town only gas station. And the place is full of young men. They were refueling their snowmobiles. And the thought goes through my head that if you can't go through the snow, go over it. So I turned around to the guys and I said, uh, Do snowmobiles have uh, passenger trailers? <laughs> <laughs> of giving Harry a ride to Norris Spring. <laughs> you got to understand, rural young men, they're not inclined to show their feelings. Uh, being tough is the rural young men's job, right? And uh, yet, here is an opportunity for a wonderful adventure that they can't pass up. <laughs> so, with a kind of a nonchalant bravado, they say, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Six o'clock, we meet back at the Hoover's Hatchery. Uh, eight young men, five snowmobiles, one trailer, and Harry and me. <laughs> we wrap him in blankets and uh, tuck him down into the trailer. Don't let him freeze. <laughs> Actually, Harry was probably the warmest one of us all. I, I was the rider of the last snowmobile. Get this. I've never ridden a snowmobile in my life. But my job was easy. I, I could hang on and hide behind my pilot. He had to face the wind. And he's full of bearded. And before we got very far at all, he looked like old man Winter himself, you know, with all his whiskers wired out like, like, a, like a porcupine sculptured in ice. At any rate, we take off into the snow, over, uh, over the, the, the drifts, into the drifts, up on the street, around the hidden objects. It was a thrill ride greater than anything in Adventureland. But I had a fantastic technical crew, and within an hour, we came skidding into Norris Springs, bank to the right, and head up to Shepherd's Funeral Home, where we slide to a stop behind the funeral home. I jump off, run to ring the neck doorbell, I turn around, I look, and see eight snowmen <laughs> gently lifting Harry out of the royal crater, placing him on their shoulder, and carrying him up like pallbearers up the rack. It was a glorious sight. Tuffy was thrilled. Now he could make Harry look really good. <laughs> snowmen stood proudly grinning. They had 
beaten a blizzard with a good deed. And Laura, at home, would be relieved and appreciated because now Harry would look good for his final viewing. But Laura didn't see the bodies that was laid before her. It was only Harry's leftover empty shell. Laura saw the dashing young man who swept her off her feet, stole her heart, and carried her over a threshold 60 years ago, who laughed with her and cried with her as they grew together, and only yesterday picked up a shovel went out to the back steps to clean them off, like he had always done. Now, no storm lasts forever, and the wind would die, the clouds would vanish, the sun would come out and cast its rays against a beautiful blue sky over a fantastic winter wonderland robed in pure sparkling white. On that day, Harry's friends would all come to be modern. But as for Harry himself, I think I could see the smile on his face. <laughs> but that may have only been deeper projecting. He had laid down his burdens, cast off his troubles, and bid farewell to this old world. And now I can see him waking up in another beautiful world, looking around and saying, Am I still in Iowa? <laughs> A voice responds, Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> this has happened. <laughs> Ah, but what about you and me as we make our way through a cold, cruel world? Well, try this. Keep cool. <laughs> <laughs>